when you're open-minded, like parentheses, open-minded, you basically think that like the place where you live in, like it's lame, you know, and other places are awesome. And you got to open your mind to like going and checking out other cultures, which is really cool because that's part of being open-minded as well. But if you open your mind even farther, you learn that there are so many awesome things about the place that you're from. And um, actually, you can learn a lot of things there. Hi, welcome back to Root Awakening Health Podcast. We have a guest back on this episode. This episode is with Hiro Shehu, who I met in the online space through the Ramit community. However, he has also had quite a life that doesn't just involve Ramit, that involves nomadic travel and experiences and like Northern California hippie camping, interesting events. And um, really cool guy, you guys. I'm so excited for you to listen to this. Hero ironically talks to us about his hero's journey, like the hero's journey, you know? He is from Eastern Europe, Kosovo. He came to the States, he traveled around, he did kind of like the backpacking, I guess you could say, nomadic lifestyle. Um, he got into raw meat, I believe, while he was in this country, the United States. And then he decided to go back to Kosovo and he is a part of his family's restaurant. And he tells us about the food that they make in Kosovo and how they're innovating their restaurant to have foods that are just more real and pure. And it's just amazing to hear about the foods that they eat over there. I think it's so much more pure just as a traditional culture compared to the state. So it's very cool to listen to that. And um, yeah, we met, Hiro and I met because I posted a picture with all the different kinds of foods I eat. Some considered serious health foods, some consider junk food. And he's like, hey, I like <laughs> I like junk food and healthy food too. And he's, he's a very open-minded guy and he touches on that open, true open-mindedness in his world and it's just a really cool explorative episode so enjoy you guys hi everybody welcome back to root awakening a health podcast this is our first impromptu podcast episode oh and we're going to be posting it on youtube too because we get to see what my guest is eating and i don't have a very exciting backdrop but i am drinking raw milk it's not that exciting whatever you'll be excited to see what he's eating so i'm with Hiro Shehu. Do I say your last name correctly? Shehu. Shehu. I asked about your first name. I didn't ask about your last name before. We yeah, it's basically like Shehu. Like the... Shehu. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to okay. take a sip of honey. Oh, yeah. Is this Hell yeah. Honey? Mm. Okay, so... I want to tell the audience about how I came into contact with you. We're new friends, Hiro and I, and um, mm -hmm. I found out about who you were because you commented on my photo. I posted a photo of a plate that I was eating for dinner and it had raw meat on it. 
and it had pizza on it from a restaurant mm -hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't like a sourdough like specially made pizza no it was like a typical pizza American style from a restaurant and what else I think I had some like cheese or something oh yeah and I had some raw kefir and I was just talking about this is my version of food freedom and this is controversial right because the people in the raw meat world often they don't want to see the pizza they think that you're not doing shit right if you're eating pizza and you're eating raw meat and Hero commented on my photo and was like hey I also like pizza and raw meat and I was like shut the fuck up I don't know if I met anyone else who who eats like that too so he's such an interesting guy I mean I don't know that much about you yet Hero but like I'm excited to learn more about you and um we have similar philosophies and he I asked him how he wanted me to introduce him and he said people used to call me the international man of mystery I fucking agree because he's a he's a really interesting guy um he's at chicken jar on Instagram so Hero thanks for coming on number one and number two I would love to hear about what you're eating right oh, now on film me. yeah well, right course. now I'm just having some cow brains because this is like my main source of fat over here. Like I moved back to to Eastern Europe, like Kosovo. And um, well, basically there's raw butter, but it's just like harder to find. Yeah. And um, there's raw milk. That's easy to find. And hmm. brains is actually like the easiest thing that I can get because I know a lot of butchers and some butchers are my cousins because it's my hometown wow. you know life has been way better since i since i left the states and moved back to my home country because just eating primal is so much cheaper out here <clears throat> than in the states you know mm -hmm. like finding organic food sourcing it and even buying it because it's cheaper but you make less money here. So mm -hmm. it balances out. But then there's like other things that are good, like being near family and, you know, being in, in a tight knit community is um, my family is Sufi Muslim and like we're a pretty tight knit community. Like there's communion every Friday. There's like prayer times so that you can go to and meet people. So it's really nice. You know, I used to like be really like, um, what you call it? Like open-minded, open-minded. <laughs> well, it's all part of opening your mind because like when you're open-minded, like parentheses, open-minded, you basically think that like the place where you live in, like it's lame, you know, and other places are awesome. And you got to mm -hmm. open your mind to like going and checking out other cultures, which is really cool because that's part of being open minded as well. But if you open your mind even farther, you learn that there are so many awesome things about the place that you're from. And um, actually, you can learn a lot of things there because there's so many things in life that are unexamined. You know, even in a small community, like even if you're from like a small town, you can make so many connections with so many people and you can learn a lot from them. So basically, 
yeah, I, I kind of traveled the world, but not really. I just went to the States where I did college for three years in New York, upstate. Where? And... I used to live in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, I was in Utica, Utica, like an mm. hour away from Syracuse. Yeah. Wait, you, yeah. wait, what was the university? Utica College. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been there before. I used to live in New York City. Hmm. Okay, anyway, so you you came to the States for college, and then did you stay in the same area? Yeah, I stayed in Utica mm -hmm. for, like, till I finished college. And then I decided to move to, like, Cali. Oh, yeah, and that's right. I decided to, like, live in the hills, like, of Northern California, Mendocino. And I was basically camping out there for three years. I like bailed out on everything. And I just decided to go camping there. And it was like a rite of passage for myself, like a kind of like a spiritual thing, because like when you go to like a place where you don't know anyone and you live alone for a while, you kind of get into communion communion with yourself and God and all these things so I kind of learned a few things living by my lonesome hell yeah, yeah. I bet you did <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of fun but um the most important thing I learned was uh that basically there's no place like home it was like Wizard of Oz, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so it was like the hero's journey type of thing. Like, it, and the ironic thing here is that my name was Hero too. So <laughs> I was like, wow. So I went to the States. I met all these people. I seen all these things, seen all these things go down. And now I have a new perspective on the world. And I can go to my country where a lot of these things haven't happened yet. Mm. And I can see like how they're going to develop and how to react to them. You know, because like in the States, a lot of things have progressed so much. Like here, it's like uh, they're still on the e like they're still on the vape thing. Like the vape thing just started over here. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like what I'm trying to, you kind of get what I'm trying to describe. Yeah, now, like the you know? culture and like what, what we know. Like culture as, here develops yeah. like a little bit slower than mm -hmm. in the States. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but also, wouldn't you say that like everything kind of comes full circle? Like yeah, I can see that. And I've heard that also from my, my um Western like European States, friends too. Now people are trying to get more traditional that's what i'm saying and where you're at in eastern europe a lot of those traditions have been perpetuated and are still really valued like you say it's it's not even a question that you're getting raw milk out there it's not even a question that you can go to the butcher and have like a very close relationship with your butcher and they will mm -hmm. give you brains of an animal i can't find well i haven't tried that hard but i i will not find brains at my butcher here in michigan in the states um you don't find them at a butcher's where are you finding them? Ranchers. Oh. Basically, when I was in Cali, like, 
I didn't have like much money, but um, I had smarts, which was cool. And I had like some yeah. living arrangements because I couldn't work legally in the States. Right. My visa was expired and stuff. So I had to like find living arrangements where I'm living like somewhere and you know, I'm getting stuff for helping them out, you know. Did you live on a farm? Yeah, basically. Will and, you connect um, me with these people so I can do the same thing? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't make it in the farming industry. I already tried that. But like the way I found a rancher was I went on Craigslist and I was looking for meat on Craigslist and I found this guy that was selling it for three ninety nine a pound. Oh my god. And I was like, oh hey dude, like whenever you cut something, do you sell organs as well? And he was like, Yeah, you can come down. Like I went down there, a friend gave me a ride, and I took like two big coolers. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, you can get all <laughs> all the organs for fifty bucks. Oh my god. And that's like <coughs> probably like a six month supply of organs, depending on I how stuffed much you eat, a right? whole fridge. And wow it was good for like weeks and i was feeding myself and my dogs <laughs> that's amazing it was crazy wow okay so when you initially came to the states what did you study in school mm. business and finance. finance that doesn't surprise me you seem like a very business savvy person but like it's just college, you know, like, I feel like all college is the same. Like, it doesn't give you like many practical skills or anything. For sure. But it's a fun experience. Like you get to interact with people. And it's, it's really good for like social interaction, I guess. Yes. Like, you get to become way more social and you meet people from like all over and stuff. So that's like, the most important things that I got from my college experience was friends, like friends from like all over the world. Mm. Like I learned stuff about business, but um, I feel like work experience, like actually working in the field, like my brother, he works, he's been working at our family run restaurant the whole time that I've been gone. And he's learned a lot of things about business just by practicing it and I was 100%. far away from that so I'm still learning like a lot of things like mm. like being more stern with customers or like stuff like that because like mm -hmm. I'm like way way too generous you know but it it kind of comes back like that stuff does come back mm. but like sometimes you can't be generous with like certain people because they can take your generosity and take advantage of it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so that's that's like one thing <clears throat> would you say as you progress in life you don't attract as many people who do that like if you're trying to learn the lessons and if you're kind of on mm -hmm. the spiritual journey do you find that you you attract less people who want to take advantage of you yeah i guess like lately it's been more like that mm -hmm. like, i have a whole theory around this like yeah. it's all about boundaries like yes the boundaries that get crossed 
are the ones that you don't set. You know, if you yeah. don't set a boundary, it gets crossed. This is so you, funny that you're you bringing to this up right boundaries. now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think this is fascinating because literally on the way back to my house to record this podcast episode, I was like, Hero's really good at boundary. I already know this about you because we were going to record. <laughs> you asked if we could record at a certain time. And I'm like, can we record a little bit later? And you're like, yeah, we can, but not nothing later than this time because I have to go to bed and it's late for me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that's a nice, clean boundary right there. And it demands respect. Like demand is a strong word, but like energetically, you guys, it de it like energetically demands respect when you ask for what you need and say what you need. Like immediately I'm like, okay, well, here I have to go to bed. So let's make sure we're on time for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. Or like even with like relationships with people, like you get to see, like you make the boundaries. For, for example, I had like this recent relationship mm -hmm. and um, like my dad knew about it and he was like, look, like, like I told him who it was and he was like, it's not going to work out. Uh. He told me like some background information, like about like their, like, the person's family dynamics yeah and i was like how could it how, how could like family dynamics affect a person you know mm. and it was like blatantly obvious like during our whole interactions you know like when we're dating it was like that stuff did affect the person mm-hmm and I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. And I set my boundaries. I made them clear, you know. I was like, okay, we can, like, be acquainted. But, like, there can't be anything else. Because, like, some people, like, when they're not um, open to being vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. with others, like, why do you keep someone around when you're not, willing to become vulnerable with them i know yeah. but people do it all the time and i would say yeah. most people on earth don't have the emotional coping skills to be super vulnerable but they still have that primal need to be in company with someone to be in relationship with someone obviously but like but they won't like they will stay married with someone for decades but they won't be able to be vulnerable and that's where the problems come from right <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i figured out and i was like mm. there's no vulnerability mm. what's like what reason is there to you know trust this person you know because yeah. like i'm putting trust in so like where's my trust going you know what I mean? For sure. But I find it very interesting that you don't seem to have much problem being vulnerable, but are finding that maybe other people aren't at the same place. I would say that's breaking the stereotype. I think I think it goes both ways for every gender, but usually men have a hard time being vulnerable. Have you always felt that throughout your life that vulnerability wasn't so difficult for you or was there a turning point? Hmm probably some turning points a lot Can of you turning expand on that <laughs> so like did oh did your time out out like in camping in california do you think that helped with your emotional capacity it certainly did um 
I just knew some good places to get some fungus to eat. Oh, psilocybin. While alone. So yeah. <laughs> that definitely helped a lot. That'll and, do it. Um, Not when I was that... in college, Excuse I had me. some DMT experiences. Like some major ones. And those also contribute. Okay, hold on. Before we go further, I just want to say that I have had some experiences like this and it felt in the moment like everything had changed and my life had changed. And then afterwards it was like, well, that's not really the case. It was definitely like a milestone in my journey, but it didn't make everything okay in my life. How do you feel about that with your experiences? Well, what I feel is that like once you've gone through those experiences, you need to like examine yourself. Mm-hmm take a look inward and start examining those feelings that you felt at those certain moments and trying to understand them. And eventually, like if it's possible, maybe incorporate them into your baseline. Mm -hmm. Because like we have a baseline, reality. And that stuff is outside the baseline. (laughs) So if you can bring that stuff in the baseline you know maybe what, it's possible can you expand on what you see as the baseline like can you give me an example of that like your everyday day-to-day life mm-hmm. you know that's like baseline like basically your like ego self mm-hmm. right right yeah i understand that like um, your self self Basically, that's what ego self means. What does in it Greek, say again, please? Ego means self. Oh. So in Greek, ego means self. Oh. So your ego self means your self self. <laughs> right. Wow. So that's your deep. selfish self. Right. Basically, like, when you're with like a really good friend and they tell you something like exactly how it is and you feel hurt, you're like, oh, fuck. Like he knows me. She knows <laughs> me. You know, Yeah. that's like your ego. Yeah. But if you like don't react, like then you're like being selfless. Yeah. Because you're being less of yourself. Totally. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So you right. had these psychedelic experiences. And I just want to make a note here. I thought it was really interesting when you're talking about your your college experience and you said, well, I don't know how much practical stuff I learned or if that was really the value in my experience, but the social aspect of college was really like important to you and transformative for you. But I find it very interesting that after you left college, you went into kind of more of an isolated mode. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? What So did were your psychedelic experiences adding up to that decision to be in less social situations um actually like the town i went to it was like basically like full of hippies and i had a friend who was supposedly a hippie and i went like he was like i got a place for you to stay and no we can hang out and he used to grow weed and i used to smoke it a lot so i went there and lo and behold he doesn't even have a place to rent or anything you know Mm. he was just living like 
basically living off of other people. Oh my god. And it was like basically the guy was borderline. And he oh was my from god. my hometown. So wow. I felt obliged to like take care of him and help him out. And um while we were hanging out, I started noticing all these things like he would burn bridges with people and he would tell me like stuff about certain people be like this guy is a criminal this guy is part of the mob or this do not ever talk to this person mm. stuff like that and I started like thinking like why is this guy trying to like isolate me from the community mm. of that town? And then I started reading about like different personality disorders. And eventually I learned about borderline and I did the thing that you, you're not supposed to do with a borderline person. I went and I confronted him. Oh God. And we were like on this hill alone where we're living at. It was like a, room and board situation and the guy literally like flipped out took my phone locked it chained like the lock code and everything and he left the hill and I was there was waiting for the guy that owned the place to come back and he wouldn't come back for like two three days and it was like three days without a phone or anything oh my god just on a farm wow and basically three days later the guy came and you know we talked and i told him what happened and the borderline guy he had left and then like he started a smear campaign stuff like that but he was smearing me and the guy that owned the place that was letting us stay there. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. So you kind of were living this nomadic lifestyle when you were in the States, right? You were just kind of taking whatever opportunity sounded interesting to you and going from there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So, like, yeah. You said that you were camping. Like, was there a time that you were ever alone alone or were you always staying with people i would be like alone alone for like a week two mm. weeks then i'd meet people like after a week or sometimes i would go to town like it was a long ride like i took my bike a few times mm. it was like six hours to get to town oh my god like six yeah. hour bike ride yeah, it was like a way out in the boonies, but I would get rides from people. Like they'd see me riding my bike and they'd be like, hey, dude, do you need a ride? Oh, that's so nice. How did you like living in Northern California? It was it was pretty amazing. Mm. Not going to lie, like the the people there, they were like so nice. I mean, there's like there was some parties like a lot of psychedelic parties mm -hmm. with people over there and they were like really open about it mm. and um i don't know it was just amazing you know one year like one 
friend of mine, he took me to the Cannabis Cup and I got to see Willie Nelson. Oh, nice. That was, that was kind of cool. And it was such a funny experience. But in that town where I stayed in, like, I, I just don't want to say the name of the town. Mm-hmm. Just for reasons. Um, They had, like, a lot of parties where they involved psychedelics and the whole community was so tight knit, you know, because of these shamanistic rituals. And uh, one, one of those like events, it was like a whole a party involving the whole block, mm-hmm. like a whole block in town. And everyone was just like raving pretty much. Or what what do you want to call it? And um, they built like this shrine kind of thing. And I was like under the influence of whatever. (laughs) And um, I was just sitting down and they were playing some drums. And it just transported me at like my family's temple. Mm. Like where they make this chanting music, like the Sufi music. Nice. I was like, wow, like, this is just like home, you know? I was like, I can probably be home and just enjoy the same things. And um, later on, like a year later, I decided to come back because um, I, I was listening to Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And um, basically it put me into like this trance where I started thinking like, um, you know, I'm, I got this envy inside of me. I had this envy inside of me that didn't let me return to my country, which I feel like a lot of people who move to the States and try to make a living there have because they're envious that they haven't made fortune you know mm-hmm. to go back with mm-hmm. you like uh slaying the dragon and coming back victorious and everything but the dragon is within you mm-hmm. but i realized i was like yeah. maybe the dragon is within me like it's just this this proclivity to like make money and do all these things because I have a lot of cousins who live in the States and they went there and they stayed illegally and then eventually they got their papers and everything and they still look, you know, towards their home country. But now they're part of this new system. Mm-hmm. And once you become part of the system, which is what I didn't do like I was there but I didn't become part of the system mainly by not putting my money in there you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I do it's like once you invest your money where you're at that's when you become part of the the yeah 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 you're invested Yeah, and I was like, look, like, I have all this stuff invested in here. Like, I've invested all this time in the States. But I have all this other stuff that I have inherited from my father and from my own hard work 
back home. Mm -hmm. So if I stay here, like nothing of that will remain. Like it will be like a whole, a whole new me. Mm -hmm. I would have to like start from the beginning and everything. So I was like, if I just let this go, I can go back and pick off where I left off. So that's basically what I did. I came back here and I found that like my brother was working and there wasn't like enough staff at my family's restaurant. And it took me like a whole year. Like just now we got like fully staffed because mm -hmm. we had like less people working here. And apparently a lot of people are falling for that trap in my own home country. A lot of people are falling for the trap that the grass is greener on the other side, which is the same trap that a lot of people in the States have fallen into by trying to move to another state or another country just because it might be better over there. But if you have a solid foundation where you're at, life can be much better. Mm -hmm. But it kind of, would you say that it took you having to go through that time of saying the grass is greener and experiencing all of that and, and living in a different country to realize what you were leaving behind in your home country? And is your home country, um, did you say Estonia? Mm. Kosovo. Kosovo, okay basically albania oh my god my best friend is albanian i was with her last night oh amazing. that's amazing yeah she is and i love Just her family here. i will i'm gonna tell her for sure she's gonna be stoked um <laughs> that's so funny because when you were talking about yeah i was starting to date this girl and then my my dad told me about her family and i'm like this is amazing it happens so much and i would say more cultures outside of the states but even if you're in the states in a small town it's kind of like the same vibe we're like <laughs> your family everybody knows everybody and everyone's yeah. super involved and my friend my Albanian friend um she <laughs> like she moved here when she was little but she grew up in Albania for part of her life and uh she's like yeah everyone's involved like like everyone has these values and she's mm -hmm. like super close to their parents and and that's like Mm. yeah how do you feel about that because I know that sometimes it can feel you can feel torn if you know like the the way that we do things in the states which is like we're pretty disconnected from our family I would say in comparison oh, it's, it's basically like that soja song <laughs> what is it I think it's soja rest of my life if I could spend the rest of my life with my people I'd do it over and over again mm, Wow. because they look out for you like basically growing up i thought of that thing as like really lame like why do people care so much about you know other people's business yeah but it's actually good because like it keeps the culture cohesive you know it, it keeps people good in a way mm. like it shows you that you can't get away with everything you know mm. yeah you mean like people like, are looking it's out for old you traditions yeah mm -hmm. like people look out for you and it probably comes from like the holy books 
right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. Um, I quit. I quit chewing nicotine. Like when? Uh, a while ago, like a couple of weeks ago. Oh so wow! Toxing from that. Wow! Congrats. Thank um. You. So, okay, yeah, I have a lot of questions still, but. I was asking you something and you were answering and I interrupted you, but yeah, this whole idea of getting out of the country to realize that that's what you were missing kind of, do you feel like that mm -hmm. was, that was an important part of the journey? Like, do you, do you regret coming to the U S or do you think it was necessary? No, I think it was necessary. It's like, if I didn't do my whole journey, mm -hmm. I wouldn't appreciate where I'm from. Mm-hmm. It's like <clears throat> before I left, like a lot of people would just say, like, "Hey, go to the states and never come back." You know, don't look, don't look back here, cause like this place has gone to shit. Mm. And there's a lot of people with that mentality over here as well. Just like everywhere, like there's a lot of doomers. Yeah. Like even in the states. Oh yeah. So many people that are like states have gone to shit. Right? It's going to be a war. All hell is going to break loose. All this is going to happen. That's going to happen. But I met those people here. I met them there. Mm -hmm. So they're all the same. It's just like a... It's like... It's like a virus, let's say. Yeah, it's a narrative. It's I, I it's, it, narrative. it's amazing. Um, Wes... Uh, Wes Rowe, which I I know that Hero also knows Wes, and used to you said he used to moderate on his homie, on his homie. YouTube. Yeah, which so which we have to talk about that too. We're gonna get into the Rami stuff too. Um, but he posted something. I I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just commented on it, and we were kind of talking about it for a second. And I was saying like, if you have the mentality that everything's going to shit and things are hard and life is just gonna be hard that is going to get reflected back to you in your reality, in your entire world. But if you see the good, and he said something about if you look for like the beautiful, like find the beautiful stuff mm -hmm. in life and you follow that and that becomes your mentality of like following, you know, what feels good, following the stuff that feels right to you, then that it, wherever you put your focus, that is going to expand, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you start thinking like, Oh, it's not it's not gonna be any people coming to my restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then you'll like you'll see people and you'll be like, ah, oh, it's these guys, you know, like ah. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna start treating them like shit. And it's it starts becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because then those guys they don't come back. Yeah. But if you're always like whoa these guys are coming here like i'm so grateful like that this person came and i treat them with respect and i'm like yo here's some free kimchi you know mm. like i made this you enjoy it it's on the house and they'll be like what's up with this guy's energy you know <laughs> yes i know exactly what, oh my like, god this okay, is I'll so smart back. or yeah. like when someone's having a bad day like this is like one thing I like about owning like a restaurant is um, that you interact with a lot of different people and um, then you 
basically you experiment a lot with your own mentality because mm -hmm. if you get influenced by other people you're you're crossing your own boundaries mm. so for example when they a person like a regular he was in a very bad mood and he started talking shit to me and i didn't say anything i just smiled i just continued with my own work and two days later he came back in and he he was so thankful he was so happy that I didn't say anything to him and that I was, you know, like just myself mm. that that day that he was having a bad day. And I asked him, how are you doing today? He was like, I'm doing great today. <laughs> and I asked him like, did you get tired? Like it's an Albanian saying. Instead of saying hi, we say, are you tired? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a saying, I mm -hmm. guess. They ask how you are. And when he's tired, he's like, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotta respect that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you get, you gotta mirror people sometimes. Totally. I, I love this outlook so much and it can be applied to anything in life. I noticed the same exact thing with mindset, how that affects reality with my Instagram page as I was growing my following in my community. There was a time when I first started my business where I was like, oh, I have like no followers. This is, you know, I'm not expanding enough. I'm not growing mm -hmm. fast enough. And I didn't realize that it's it, all the millionaires that I know in my field, it took them like around 10 years to get there. I didn't know that. I thought you just become a millionaire immediately or you don't, right? <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, oh, it's not happening for me yet. So fuck this, this isn't working, whatever. And then when I would get comments on my page, let's say it was like a kind of creepy guy or that was like kind of hitting on me or let's say it was like someone who was hating on mm -hmm. one of my images, I would be like, oh, and the only comments I get are like either from creepy guys or people who are hating on me. Now I'll take all of those comments, baby. I'll take them all because they're all adding to like more eyes on my, more eyes on my content. Of course, like you say, boundaries, there's <laughs> some people that just aren't getting it. And they're like, if they message me enough, then I will block them because they're like impeding on what feels right to me. But mostly I love, even if people are hating on my content, I love it. And I have a conversation with them about it, first of all, because you can get into some interesting conversations with people. And just like you said, with this regular, if you actually treat people like human beings, even when they're hating on you, like, I would say, like, this would just go for uh, more acquaintance relationships, because I wouldn't want to hype anyone like trying to talk to someone who's being abusive to them. But like, uh, as a regular, at a silent. Okay, yes, or, but what I do here is like, I ask them questions about what they think. So I, someone messaged, someone commented under one of my podcast uh, promo posts, and they were like, not happy with the person I that I had on this podcast. And they were like, 
I'm going to boycott Rude Awakening. And I was like, you can go ahead. And then we kind of got into a conversation about it. And it's very interesting. If you treat people like humans and you don't just talk shit back to them, it's very interesting how their mood can change. The vibes Mm -hmm. can change. I've literally gotten people who are hating on me by the end of the conversation. They're like, well, thanks for being so nice about this. You know, (laughs) they get like real polite real quick when you just treat them like humans or, and like you say, sometimes Maybe you like to, you prefer the method of just not saying anything. I like to get into a conversation with these people because I think the folks who are treating other people like shit, they just need someone to like validate them and treat them good. Yeah. Asking questions. That's a big one too. Yeah. Like it's the Socratic method, basically. I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. Let's just say he got killed for asking too many questions. Mm. But that was his forte, asking questions. Mm. And he was known as the first guy who started asking questions instead of answering questions. Mm. Yeah. Like they said that he was the smartest man because he was the only man that, the only philosopher that admitted that he doesn't know what he knows. Like he's not even yes. sure he knows is right. Yes, I totally agree. That's how I see life. What What about you, Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Like that's sometimes I start doubting what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and um, and I just ask more questions. I'm like, why, why this, why this? Mm-hmm. Like the way I concluded that eating raw meat is fine i started thinking why why do wild animals not die from parasites or bacteria Mm. well why don't these people at these tribes die from it even though they have them why aren't they dead Mm. and now when i'm gutting fish I have a fish restaurant. Mm. I see so many fish. Like fish have parasites in them. Mm. <clears throat> and if you don't eat it for a certain amount of time, you throw them away. But if you take a look at them, when they get old, parasites start growing out of them. Mm. Out of nowhere. Mm. We had carp this summer that we just left out like someone forgot it and um it was wrapped you know yeah and it got old it was wrapped no flies touched it ever maggots were growing Mm -hmm. on it so I feel like the terrain theory is like there's something to it should be something to it because bugs are everywhere mm-hmm. and um, we haven't studied them as much you know as we like to bacteria for example so I took a CSI class in college and that kind yeah. of got me a lot into the whole raw meat thing because I was like familiar with 
rigor mortis, liver mortis, like the processes that meat goes through over time, like rotting and everything. And when I learned about high meat, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And took a chemistry class and that got me thinking about proteins expanding when you add heat into the you know combination <laughs> so a lot of these things kind of got me asking more questions and then I started piecing things together and um, started coming to the conclusion of eating raw meat that's awesome it took so much time to do it though like i was so scared of it, it okay what in my country people fry meat like they grill it mm -hmm. but they cook it so much mm -hmm. there's no there's no medium rare here yes it's, it's very well done i heard okay so i know other people who are from <laughs> eastern europe well I know other people from Eastern Europe who are like, they're like, it's a thing in Eastern Europe that we really, really, really cook our meat. And it's so that we don't get sick. So why is that? It just certain cultures have had certain experiences where people were getting sick because then you go to France and it's like they're eating beef tartare. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's this whole obsession with cleansiness, cleanliness mm -hmm. in Islam. Mm. If you notice, um, Islamic countries are cleaner. Mm. Like there's this thing called wudu. Basically, when you when you poop, you gotta wash your butt with water. I know, which makes so much sense to me. By the way, like that you you guys have bidets everywhere, right? Yeah, or it's like a little spigot under your toilet seat. Yes. Why do we not have that here in the States? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like so gross. Mm -hmm. Okay, go on. Stanky ass hose, man. <laughs> I know. I had to say something because I'm like, it just doesn't make sense that we don't have bidets here. I stayed in an Airbnb with one once because my friend, my Albanian friend's always talking about it. I'm like, girl, that makes a lot of sense. And mm -hmm. I... I stayed at an Airbnb that had a bidet and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so much better. Cause usually like I would shower after I poop whenever I can, but you can't, mm -hmm. you don't have the time all the time. So like, but yeah. Okay. So that's part of your call. There's also another there. solution. What? You get a house where the shower or like the bathtub is right next to the toilet seat. Right. So you take the shower head and use it that way that also feels amazing by the way like just hell yeah exactly like topically it feels also awesome so just food for thought for everybody here okay so i'm curious to hear what else you had to say about the cleanliness so, and, yeah this obsession with cleanliness yeah is what causes people to cook food way longer because um of the bacteria theory Mm -hmm. that the longer you cook something the less likely it is to have bacteria mm -hmm. but it doesn't take into consideration the other thing that once you apply heat to meat or any living tissue 
for a long time, it starts turning necrotic. And necrotic means necros in Greek, which in English means dead. Mm. So when you're eating raw meat, you're not eating dead meat. But when you're eating it cooked, it's literally dead because yeah. it turns necrotic in a way. It's like if you overcook it, it turns necrotic. Mm. But it also turns necrotic if you freeze it and it gets freezer burnt. So, you know, like freezer burnt meat, that's necrotic meat. Damn it. I have liver in my fridge right now that's freezer burned. Should I just throw it away? No. You can cut off the freezer burnt piece. The rest should be fine. Okay, good. That's what I did intuitively. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but basically eating the necrotic food is probably bad. Turning us into zombies or something. <laughs> yeah, brainwashing us. Uh, so... When you were studying all of this and learning, I, I find it very fascinating how you got introduced to raw meat because I would say a lot of people got introduced to it via social media, like uh, uh, via Ogenis. Uh, I think at first I saw like a Sperrier video. The guy, he was eating liver at like a vegan convention. Oh my god. And I was like, oh that's funny. And um at the time I was doing the carnivore diet. Okay. Cooked carnivore. Mm -hmm. I found it through Joe Rogan podcast. Shut up. I love Joe Rogan. And then I got into that wormhole with Cook Carnivore and okay. researching and researching. And I still wasn't pooping right. While oh, eating carnivore. You're not gonna I don't know who is pooping right if they're eating cooked carnivore. Yeah, I was still like getting constipated. Of course you were. So I mean can... And I was squatting. Like I would I literally had a shovel and I would poop in the woods. Like I would That's dig awesome. a hole and poop in the hole. That's awesome. That's okay. To me that sounds so much cleaner than pooping in like a gross public restroom pooping in the woods i would so much rather yeah, do that it was just part of not having a toilet right <laughs> it was know, like a practice. i wouldn't recommend because sometimes you really gotta go yeah and it takes a minute to dig a hole <laughs> you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's but, not practical <laughs> right okay yeah it's not but it, there's something about it that feels like very it just feels right to me i don't know <laughs> um yeah, it feels right though. Right? Okay. So those of you out there who are who are eating cooked carnivore, are you pooping? Reveal yourselves because I would love to hear if somebody is actually having good They're digestion. Definitely pooping. They are? But how are you pooping? Well, how often are you pooping? Like if I am if I, whew, I tried that shit. That does not work. But here's the thing. This is part of the reason why I like raw meat so much. I have a lot of people in this audience here that are not raw meat folks. So just explaining mm -hmm. this part. Um, this is part of the reason why I like raw meat so much, you guys, because that whole constipation thing with meat completely goes away when I eat raw. Unless you don't eat enough fat. 
Really? I eat a ton of fat, so I didn't even know that. Yeah, like sometimes when I forget to eat enough fat, I get a little constipated. So I just go and eat more brains. Oh, nice. I want to, I heard brains are like, they taste buttery. Is that true? Hmm. It tastes like nothing, like eggs, kind of. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Like there's this Albanian egg dish they make, it's called kaimachin, where you basically take eggs and sugar and butter, mix them all together, bake them. And it looks like a quiche. Yeah. You know quiche? Yeah. But it's sweet. <laughs> That's what brains taste like. If you mix it with honey. Oh. I don't know if I would like it. Do you eat it mixed with honey? Oh, yeah. You have honey right there, huh? I'm just sipping honey a little bit. Okay. Um. Oh, my God. You know what that reminds me of, though? Birek. Do you eat birek? Yeah, burek is nice. Oh, it's so good. It's not sourdough. No, <laughs> but it's like, well, how I'll let you describe what it is for the folks who don't know what it is. It's <clears throat> phyllo dough, really thin layers mixed with anything on the inside and lots of butter. And usually egg, right? Or no? You can put egg in there, but like the dough doesn't have any egg. Right. So sometimes they mix egg and jiza, uh, which is like a... It's like a cottage cheese, mm. kind of, or feta. Yeah, feta that's cheese. what I've had. That's what my friend's family makes it with. with uh, feta cheese and, and spinach. Cheese. Yes, so good. That's what they use. And which gets me to the conclusion that Albanians get their um, kidney stones from eating a lot of spinach. <laughs> really? Is it a that's thing what, that Albanians have? Kidney they eat stones? a lot of. They eat a lot of that burek with spinach. <laughs> spinach is known to cause kidney stones. Oh, for real? Yeah. You know what's crazy? I mean, this isn't crazy, especially in the raw meat world. But I don't really eat vegetables anymore, and it's just weird to think about because it's like it's not even like I try to not eat vegetables. I just like eat what I like to eat, and it's always just the like the fat and the meat is what I love the most, you know. Yes, yeah, that's the best stuff. Actually, I yeah. ate some cooked meat today because mm-hmm. we got some ribs, mm. and my family cooked them. Yeah. And ribs is like too tough to eat raw. Right. So I was like, okay, you guys can eat the meat. And I just <laughs> ate the fat. Oh, okay. Yeah. What other kind of foods do you serve in your restaurant? Well, mostly fish, um, sweetwater fish, wild fish. How do you prepare the fish? Grilled, mm. baked in the oven. Mm-hmm. I've started making sushi for my friends only. Wow. And fried. Well, some people like it fried and we frown upon them. <laughs> but we still serve them with a smile. So, but it is a, that, that's part of the Albanian culture to fry it or no? Is that Americanized? It used to be, used to be. Like mm. people used to eat fried fish only. And fried in like vegetable oil. But before they had vegetable oil, they used to use butter. 
And um, now, recently, I started using butter, like, since a year ago or more. Since I came back, basically, we just switched to butter, switched the whole grill to butter. Wow. To butter. Even the breadsticks, I mix um, some raw yogurt with eggs, like as an egg wash, and butter. Put it on top of the bread. And the breadsticks come out amazing. I bet. You know, they're softer. (laughs) They're like (laughs) tastier. Mm -hmm. So like people... My customers, they just love the breadsticks here now. Since because you're started. using real ingredients. Yeah, real, real, yeah. real ingredients. Because beforehand, um, they, they used to use um, olive oil on mm-hmm. the breadsticks and bake it. And basically, olive oil once it reaches like a hundred degrees, it's just burnt. Mm-hmm. So the breadsticks were tasting burnt just like the breadsticks anywhere over here Mm. and it's kind of sad like a lot of restaurants there's so many awesome restaurants out here great locations on mountaintops by rivers just beautiful places but the food they use they even use vegetable oil on the grill Mm. on propane grills so that's kind of really sad. You know, since I started doing Primal, now I can't literally, like, I can't eat anything with vegetable oils. Because that, it doesn't taste good? Up. I, really? I yakking. <gasps> I went to a restaurant and they served ribs and it was um, lamb ribs, I guess. They, like, chopped them up. They grilled them. And they use vegetable oil in the grill, I guess. Mm-hmm. I ate some raw steak at the restaurant. I was like, before you bring me anything, I'm just going to eat some raw steak. Then I'll try some of the food that my friends are having. It's like my friends are okay with me eating raw meat. You know, they're like, okay, it's just the guy that does this. Mine do <laughs> the same, yeah. We know him. Mm-hmm. He does it. And... um I started eating them ribs and after like 15 minutes, I just started feeling like maybe even less than 15 minutes, started feeling nauseous and I went to the bathroom like five, six times and people started getting like suspicious of me and they were like, what is he doing going to the bathroom so many times, you know, (laughs) and I was looking like really pale or anything they were like he's probably going to the bathroom to take something yeah exactly right doing coke or (laughs) that's what my friend said he was like what are you doing man like he's like no dude i was throwing up oh my god wow why do you think that is your body just can't tolerate it do you think your body wants to detox it immediately because you are used to eating better quality food Mm mm-hmm probably wow it's like the best way to detox is throwing up throwing up like even drink too much okay here's the thing it does 
she throws up. Oh my God. So I used to have an alcohol problem and I don't drink anymore. Like I could have a drink, but I just like, don't. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, um, I could have a drink, but I, it makes me feel like shit now. So I don't like, cause it just doesn't Same. feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. You too. Mm -hmm. Okay. But here's the thing, Hero. My alcohol tolerance is the same because for my birthday this year, which was a couple months ago, I was like, I'm going to have some drinks. Like I'm going to have some whiskey. And cause mm -hmm. I haven't, I hadn't drank in like such a long time. I'm like, it'll be fun. Same alcohol tolerance. I had like three pretty, I had a lot of just straight whiskey and I felt like normal didn't throw up, didn't nothing happen. And I'm like, Oh my God, what's wrong with my body? What do you think is happening? Like I, I was thinking my body would try to detox it, but it's not. Is it? Is you that a bad sign? Fat. Huh? No. You eat more fat now, oh. so your body is better at metabolizing it. Good. So okay. if you're vegan and you drink, you get drunk real fast. Right. But if you eat like fast food and you drink, it's kind of slower. Mm. So fast food just tends to slow it down. It's all about the fat. Oh, I love if you that. drink without eating anything, you get drunk so fast. Right. Because there's nothing in there. So the body goes straight for the alcohol. Right. Tries to get rid of it. Right. Okay, good. Good. That makes me feel better. There's <laughs> like a saying in my country. They say, um, there was this old dervish. You know what a dervish is? No. It's like uh, these religious people, Sufi religious okay. men who get like uh, this title called Dervish. And he was saying, like he was talking to his wife and he was talking about someone who died. Apparently he died and his wife asked him like, why did he die so young? He died at like 50 something. He said, well, he was drinking liquor without eating any food. Mm. and then the other guy like another guy died she was like why did this guy die and he was like yep he was doing the same thing he was eating drinking liquor without eating any food and she's like why is that always your you know answer mm -hmm. basically the people who live long and they drink they drink with like dinner or you know, they drink slowly and eat. Mm -hmm. But people who do the whole clubbing culture, like in the States, for example, they go drink and then they go eat after they get mm. fucked up. Mm -hmm. So it's like the opposite. And totally. then they get like liver failure and all these problems. That's why people in like France and Russia or other countries that are known for drinking a lot, they live longer even though they consume alcohol. It's because they eat fatty foods that absorb yeah. the alcohol. Right. <clears throat> and not to mention, we had that whole huge wave in the 90s and early 2000s in the <laughs> States of like not eating fat. It was like the whole, I forget. Yeah what it was called fuck i forgot that diet but whatever it is here now it's oh like, really that's funny i mean 
it's so funny what I see, you know, my parents, for example, they're eating meat, they're taking off the fat. Right in the skin. Just give me the fat. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just eat, eat the skin only. <laughs> when I was little, I was disgusted by the fat. Mm -hmm. I would eat the meat, mm -hmm. I'd leave the fat. Mm -hmm. My pops would be like, I'm going to eat the fat. <laughs> but it's like the opposite now. <laughs> That's so wild. I was going to ask you too about the olive oil thing because like um, my poor Albanian friend, I don't want to use her name because I didn't, I didn't, she doesn't know I'm recording this, but like I keep referencing her, but I think it's such a great connection. She, like if I asked her about olive oil, is it okay to cook something in olive oil? She would say like, well, that's the way that we've been doing it in, in Europe for so long. So what's so, what's so wrong with that? I don't know for sure if that's her answer, but I think we've had that conversation before. I guess my point is a lot of people would say, well, is olive oil that bad to cook with? Because people in Europe have been doing it for so long. That's like, what do you bad. think about that? I like, don't what? Think were... Go ahead. I don't think a lot of people were cooking with it. I don't know. Like, I'm going to okay. say I don't know at this point. But I know that olive oil, once you heat it, it gets hydrogenized. Mm -hmm. Which means, since it's not saturated, it's going to get saturated with whatever you cook it with. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take like hydrogen atoms from whatever you cook it with. And it changes the properties of the oil. According to science and stuff, it burns. So like once it's burnt, it's no good. It's no good anymore. Like olive oil is awesome. But cooking it, not so good. It's just like cooking meat. Meat is awesome. But cooking it, not so good. Not so good. <laughs> it's good, but it's not like amazing, you know. Did your taste buds change when you start eating raw? Now I don't even like the taste of cooked meat as much. Mm, salt. I can't do a lot of salt. Okay. But my profession, it requires me to taste foods sometimes. Mm -hmm. So. I have to taste foods unless it's like fried foods. I just tell people like I'm allergic to oil, vegetable yeah. oil. So. Yeah. Sorry, I can't try it. Yeah. But I'll have someone else try it. Right. Like if I try it, I'll just have to like spit it out because yeah. But if I take it down, I'm going to feel like shit. And throw up maybe. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That is, but it makes sense. It makes it. It's kind of the same as the alcohol thing with the people that do, uh, like, like people that quit drinking. Yeah, yeah. Some people do throw it up. It's like the body trying to just get rid of it because it's the body's like, I don't want this anymore. Mm. Um, I do wonder. Okay, so the whole olive oil thing. Something tells me I'm very skeptical of science because science tells us a lot of things that I don't agree with, and same with studies, like scientific westernized scientific studies there's a lot of studies out there that don't make sense to me and i don't really believe in so here's the thing with the olive oil situation i kind of feel like if people knew to if people felt the need to cook with olive oil a really long time ago i just i just wonder if it's really that bad or maybe they were cooking with butter more than we think do you think that's the case yeah people were cooking with butter way more oh really definitely okay 
That makes sense to me. Oil didn't come out till like really late. Sack, oh, really? Butter. When did oh. olive oil come out? Olive oil? Huh. Let me Google that for you. Yeah, thank you. Because I think a lot of a lot of Europeans and would say like Italians and, and Greeks, they would say, well, we've been cooking with olive oil forever. So why is oh, it all the time? Olive oil is really old. Because <laughs> they were cultivated for a yeah, long that's, time. That's like what I picture it being very old. 95 BC. Yeah, that's that's old. <laughs> but what about cooking with it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's been used as lamp fuel, 2500 BCE. First used in cooking at least as long as the 5th or 4th century BCE. So it's pretty long, I guess. But I mean... I don't think they use it as much as we use it nowadays. Like they didn't have means of making so much olive oil. Or okay. like ordinary people getting so much. Yeah. Like it was probably easier to get butter and to get fat from an animal. Yeah. That makes sense. Getting, that makes a lot of sense olives. to me. Because here's the thing, this is kind of how I live my life right now, Hero, is like, I, well, you know this about me already, I, I will eat vegetable oil, I also don't have an adverse reaction to it anymore, mm -hmm. but like, I will eat vegetable, I, I was eating fried mushrooms last night, they were so fucking good, like, I'll, I'll, I'll eat fried stuff sometimes, but I don't eat it all the time, most of what I eat is the butter, is the fat, so I think that's, it's like, we can have all or nothing mentality about stuff a lot. Like, oh, if they were if they were cooking stuff in olive oil back in the day, then that's all they were doing all the time. But no, what if it was they were cooking with olive oil 10, 20% of the time and then cooking with butter the rest of the time? That can make so much difference in the way mm -hmm. that the body works, right? Yeah. Yeah, like if you're mostly eating healthy, you're good. Yeah. I mean. Right. That's like, what I'm finding. You don't want to be obsessed with like perfection. Like, oh, I'm going to become the pinnacle of perfection. So many people are in the raw meat world. It's crazy. But in a way, it's cool. It's kind of like shaping my brand in a sense, because I'm realizing that I'm different than the people that are eating raw meat all the time. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about why we are so uh, divisive about this and what the deal is with that. Do you get a lot of hate online for uh eating all different things hmm well sometimes i used to post on um on some telegram groups mm -hmm. where people do primal and i'd be like oh i had some pizza today it was nice <laughs> and i cook it with like butter like i don't use any yeah olive oil or whatever on that it good. it comes out real nice right like, oh you're going to take advice from a guy that eats pizza. <laughs> like, it's, dude, it's fine. Like, I sour. know. Oh, my God. You know, I had a <coughs> guest on the podcast like six months ago, 
And she was like, the, the name of the podcast was why argue against healing? Because she said like, why are people like, if my body is healthy enough to handle other types of food and those other types of food bring me joy to eat, is it really a better quality of life to still not eat that type of food that brings me joy just because you feel like you have to have this narrowed down diet? Like I'm not shitting on anyone who wants to have a narrowed down diet that whatever makes you happiest. I know for me, it makes me so happy to be able to have other types of food that actually adds to my quality of life obsessing over what is going to be the highest possible best type but of food to eat all the also time this other like side of the coin sorry yeah. to interrupt. go ahead but um while doing primal i learned about all these uh what's his name weston price yeah food. and i was starting to think like hey like what kind of foods can i make without the presence of vegetable oils for my customers. And with my brother, we would get into trying out new things, like making eclairs, like chocolate eclairs. Mm. And, and I would try and source the best chocolate without any soy or anything. And we'd get the raw milk and make the puff pastry. Amazing. And the filling for it. And we'd try it out and then give it to people and people were like oh these taste so different from the regular ones that we get from the store mm -hmm. that use like the fake cream you know because it's real cream you know and um it's it's good to learn about these things and try and become creative mm -hmm. and getting them incorporated for example like let's say a lot more people <laughs> demand less vegetable oils you can change it by mm -hmm. going to restaurants going to places and asking for no vegetable oil options mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so i think it's a good thing that people go to the extreme with it as well like it's a good thing not to bother too much but it's still a good thing to be extreme about it as well like nobody is wrong you know there's something good that comes out of both of those options that's so true um, chinese proverb with a guy that there was a villager and there were like 20 wild horses that went into the into his property and the people from the village that went to him and they were like congratulations man you've got all these wild horses they're staying at your property he was like he was like well let's see like they were like it's a great thing dude He's like well let's see you know and then the next day his son he gets on one of the horses and he falls and breaks his leg and his friends they go over to him and they say oh man it's terrible you know what happened to your son and he's like well let's see and the next day the army comes to his house and they try and draft his son and apparently his son has a broken leg they don't take him and you know the villagers they say congratulations dude 
His son didn't get drafted, so he's not mm. going to die. Mm. So we never know, you know, what our actions may cause to happen down the road. 100%. I love that. It's, like, that is such a high thinking outlook on the situation. Yeah, like we can start thinking about it. Like, let's say, why did... Why did so many vegan restaurants start? It's all because of the whole craze. Mm -hmm. But imagine what's going to happen with the whole raw meat craze and the meat eating craze. Yeah. It's going to cause a lot of changes. It's going to cause shifts. And to that point, to be honest with you, Hero, I know people who are genuinely very happy eating vegan. I don't think anyone's wrong for eating vegan. I think if they're not happy, then they will eventually transition out of veganism. Yeah. Like I was vegan before, but I know people that do really well on that diet and they eat a lot of fruit and they're yeah, like, it's like, whatever, who am I to judge? With it, yeah, but, so fuck um, it. But, but I love what you say about this. I lived with vegans though. While you were eating meat? Um, When I first started, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's but amazing. it was it was like so weird because we so there's one thing that I can say no shit that I can like testify to even if you put me in front of a jury or whatever I can say that my shit don't stink yeah and vegan shit stank mm, that's interesting but how long were they vegan because what if they were still doing like the detox phase oh no. Like those people, they were vegan for a long time and like a really deep phase vegan. Um, okay. Okay. But I, they look. had like they were farther vegan than you are. Like they had nose piercings and <laughs> face tattoos. <laughs> Whoa. That's how far it was. Wait a second. Are you saying that I look like a vegan? <laughs> well, well, not not vegan in particular, but I've met a lot of uh, traveling hippie vegan girls in California. Uh huh. They were like from all over the world, like different countries, and there was like the stereotype, like they all had dreads and um, piercings, like a lot of piercings. Uh huh. And, like a lot of tattoos but they weren't like yours exactly they were like no tattoos, tattoos look like mine no no <laughs> they weren't like yours thank you thank you for saying i'm that. not trying to stereotype you you know it's just <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i know exactly like, what you know about. the stereotype right i do i do like you've probably seen it yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like the oh my Brazil god, and we call um, some people countries? call them granola heads. Yeah, granola <laughs> heads. That's what, all they would eat was tahini and granola, <laughs> and That's we so shared funny. the same uh, pooping hole right <laughs> at the campgrounds. <laughs> and if I would go after them, I was like, okay. Is those people? Is wow. there people that I lived with? And when those, when those girls came over, it started to stay. Yeah, 
I like the other people vegan. were living there they were vegetarians uh-huh that was fine with them you know like we're good like we're <laughs> awesome like amazing friends but when the vegans came <laughs> the bathroom started to smell real bad <laughs> I used to be vegan and I totally, like for me, it didn't work, obviously. Like so far, raw meat works the best, no question. But yeah, and I, I, I believe that there are people out there that are eating vegan and it's not working for them. I believe that. I just also yeah. believe like to your point of like, to me, what I heard you say, if you break it down to the very, very basic level is like everybody has a place in this earth. Like everyone has a place that contributes to something, even someone who we perceive as bad and maybe they are doing bad things, but that causes a reaction that could be good, right? I mean, even vegans, like they're they're like somewhere in the journey. Yeah. They're somewhere in the journey and they need to go through that. Yeah. You know, they need to go through that and it's a humbling experience. Like I've had vegan friends that were vegan for like 10 years. Mm. Their kids are vegan. Mm. And um, I might have opinions on their kids, but I'm not going to talk about that stuff, you know, because it's like there's some sad stuff, but they've transitioned to vegetarian, like after having kids, a lot of them. Mm. Like I had a friend... She was vegan for a long time, but she would eat brie occasionally, and her daughter would eat brie. And you know, they would do this thing occasionally, mm-hmm. which is fine because like brie is pretty nutritious. You know, it's that's cheese. a very specific food to like pick out to eat. Like you mean brie cheese? Yeah, brie cheese. Oh, interesting. It's like I really love brie. Fatty. Oh yeah, it's so good. I love it. I ate some today. Yeah. And then this other friend of mine, like. He was vegan and his wife was vegan and they got married and this happy vegan couple, you know, Mm. their kids vegan. And um, now I think they're doing vegetarian. It's like one of their kids had like a problem, like was born different. Let's Mm. just say that. And the other kid was like a little bit too hyper. So now, like, they're eating eggs and they're eating all this stuff. But the kids are, like, they have that mentality where they're, like, meat is wrong. Like, meat is bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. I get that mentality Mm because I grew up Muslim. And, Mm. like, I I didn't eat pork. I was, like, pork is bad, you know? Mm. Like, I get it. It's the same with, like, growing up vegan. Like, you start having this disgust reaction. Like you get disgusted by, say, I was disgusted by pork. Yeah. Like, but then they try it and they're like, oh, dude, so it's. It's awesome. It's fine, you know, I'm not dead. Mm-hmm. Didn't get struck by lightning. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. This is a, an amazing podcast. But I feel like I should probably get going. I know. It's so late for you. I have like, oh, we didn't even get into your religion, which is annoying. I wanted to get into that. But will you come back on the podcast for another episode sometime and we can talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. okay. Amazing. I'll have to like make some points and stuff. Yeah. On but, the religion? 
or just yeah. in general yeah like I know. when you start when you stop recording we can just recap for like a few minutes okay that sounds good fine. okay um damn it say your last name again for me again shehu shehu okay hero shehu thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was such a beautiful conversation you're such a deep thinker and i think people are gonna connect to this a lot i really appreciate having you on appreciate it emily you know, we do this salutation where you mm. put your hand by the heart. Oh, so. that's so nice. I love it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, so guys, follow Hero at Chicken Jar on Instagram. Such an amazing handle. Uh, yeah, and we're going to have another episode together. So thanks for coming on. Bye, everybody. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen. Big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life. I've done that in my life. It is my goal. It is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well. So if you can help me do this, I would be so grateful. Please share this episode, share my podcast, other people about my podcast, share it on Instagram. I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one -one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.